This is The Rewind from the Tufts Daily. I'm your host, Arlo Moore Bloom. This week, Leslie Gladstone talks to Daily reporter Alexander Thompson about the Confucius Institute at Tufts. These institutes around the nation have been under heavy scrutiny as China's global image campaign has sought to bolster its international reputation. The Confucius Institute at Tufts came under fire in the spring of 2018 when Massachusetts Congressman Seth Moulton wrote a letter to the university urging Tufts to cut ties with the institute. And after a semester-long review in spring of 2019, Tufts has renewed its contract with the Confucius Institute, finding no undue Chinese influence. Good morning, Alexander. Thanks for coming to speak with us today. Good morning, Leslie, and thanks for having me. So where does the story begin? Well, on September 16th, Tufts University signed a new contract with the Confucius Institute here on campus um, to renew their contract. What is the Confucius Institute? The Confucius Institute is a Chinese government-funded center for Mandarin language learning and um, Chinese culture. What prompted Tufts to initiate a semester-long review of the Confucius Institute and publish a report on its findings? So... There was criticism from a variety of federal lawmakers, people like Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, as well as Massachusetts Congressman um, Seth Moulton. Then the university held two public meetings about a year ago, and there were a lot of concerns voiced about the Confucius Institute at that time as well. What did the semester-long review entail, and what did the report find? So the semester-long review was done by a committee that was made up of faculty, administration officials, and especially folks from the Chinese department. And they reviewed all of the materials used by the Confucius Institute to teach Chinese language and culture. They interviewed folks at the Confucius Institute. They held those two forums I just talked about to get the community's opinion. Uh, And then they did outside research as well. So it was pretty thorough. The report found no signs of undue influence in the Confucius Institute. A lot of those lawmakers have been worried that these Confucius Institutes are essentially organs of Chinese and Chinese Communist Party um, soft power to push their view of the world in the West. And can you specify what exactly does undue influence mean? So essentially it means that they didn't find that any of these Chinese Communist Party political views were being pushed. They found that it was pretty much just Mandarin language education and cultural events. So you say that Tufts found that the Confucius Institute has no undue influence, but what were some of the more interesting findings of the report? So while the report found that uh, there was no undue influence by the Chinese, uh, they did, however, find that there were reputational and ethical concerns of being associated with the Chinese government, which, of course, is authoritarian, oppressive, and uh, undemocratic. Uh, and they said that that might bring harm to the university's reputation to be affiliated with that government and ethical concerns because, of course, this is an educational um, institute and even these ties to an authoritarian government are problematic ethically. What sort of pressures did Tufts face to investigate the Confucius Institute? In spring of 2018, Democratic congressman from Massachusetts, Seth Moulton, sent a letter to the university urging them to cut their ties with the Confucius Institute. There were also Tibetan students on campus who worked with national 
groups to advocate against the Confucius Institute uh, who met with President Monaco, urging him to cut ties as well in the spring of 18. So you talk about there being political pressure. What is happening nationwide to Confucius Institutes, those beyond the Tufts campus? So when we reported this story, 27 Confucius Institutes had been closed. They give differing reasons for why they closed. Some say that it was because of lack of interest, um, because of lack of funding, um, but several of them have closed in the wake of receiving a letter uh, from a lawmaker like um, Congressman Moulton's letter or the letters Senator Rubio has sent out, things like that. But on the same day that Tufts decided to review our contract, uh, it was also reported by the University of Delaware paper that the University of Delaware had also closed theirs. In a statement, President Monaco said that the new terms of the contract addressed the concerns of those who opposed contract renewal. What were some of the changes that were made to the contract? So they did quite a number of contract changes. Uh, It's a much longer contract than the old one was. And uh, four different times, it emphasizes that the Confucius Institute and its staff must uphold Tufts University's policies on academic freedom and freedom of expression, whereas the old contract made no mention of that. The new contract also drastically lowers uh, the amount of time for the university to terminate their contract with the Confucius Institute. Now they can actually terminate this contract immediately if university officials feel that the image and reputation of the university are being negatively impacted by the Confucius Institute. The duration of the contract has also been shortened from five years to two years. The review committee that I've talked about also suggested that a program committee be formed to oversee all of the Confucius Institute's teaching materials to ensure that Chinese Communist Party views aren't seeping into language and cultural instruction. And finally, and this is important, the contract also makes clear that Tufts has exclusive management control over the Confucius Institute instead of the Chinese government group that funds it. There's no more ambiguity there. What about the Confucius Institute remaining on campus is seen as problematic? So in a statement to the Daily, Congressman Seth Moulton strongly criticized Tufts for renewing its contract, saying that the concerns he wrote about in his letter uh, more than a year ago still exist, and that he was very disappointed that uh, the administration decided to make this decision. Secondly, some of the Tibetan activists who had initially advocated against the Confucius Institute say their concerns remain. What they argue is that the Confucius Institute is just teaching Chinese culture and Chinese language and separating that from the politics of the People's Republic of China. And they say that that separation is impossible. I talked to Landon Tethong, who is the director of the Tibet Action Institute, and she says that the Chinese government's oppressive Uh, policies are part and parcel of its culture, and there's no way to separate the two. So it seems like Tufts sees benefit in maintaining its relationship with the Confucius Institute. What about the Institute aligns with Tufts' values and mission as an institution? The senior international officer of Tufts University, Diana Chigas, um, stressed the improvements students reported to the review committee in terms of their Mandarin language skills. She also stressed the importance of the cultural events that the Confucius Institute puts on. And one of Tufts' key goals is to expose its students to foreign cultures. And she says that the Confucius Institute is part of that. 
What is the perception of the Confucius Institute among tough students and faculty that you talk to? Who did you speak with, and how did they react to the school's inquiry and its subsequent findings? I talked to Haitong Du, who's a sophomore uh, and a inter- uh, Chinese international student here at Tufts, and he said that he had never seen any type of Chinese Communist Party propaganda, and he praised the Confucius Institute for the cultural events it puts on, and he said that the institute actually fosters a certain type of community among Chinese international students. Uh, he had nothing negative to say. Any faculty, either involved in the Confucius Institute or tangentially related, did you speak with them and what were their reactions? The review committee spoke to a number of people that had used the services of the Confucius Institute, and they found uh, that members of the community who have worked with the Confucius Institute reported that all of these concerns that outside groups had just weren't present at the Tufts University Confucius Institute. And now, a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a warm and welcoming place to practice yoga? Join the Corner Studio Yoga community. Located at 379 Main Street in South Medford, the Corner Studio offers yoga classes for all levels. Try the introductory membership, two weeks of unlimited yoga for $25. How do you see this development on our campus reflective of this particular moment in U.S.-China relations? In what ways is the criticism of the Confucius Institute a product of our political climate and U.S. foreign policy? Well, I talked to Bonnie Glazer, the director of the China Power Project at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, and she talked a lot about the mounting criticism of the Chinese government by federal government officials as well as elected lawmakers, like I've talked about. More generally, the Chinese government has been pushing a global influence campaign to bolster its image and promote its claims on territory or its agenda. This comes as Western governments put more scrutiny on that campaign, and it's just one small example of how that global issue is playing out locally at universities and colleges across the nation. This is great, Alexander. Thanks so much for coming to talk with us. Thank you for having me. In other news this week, a bill that would require Tufts to disclose financial reports to the public was enacted by the state Senate and waits for the governor's signature. Its provisions are aimed to increase transparency and provide protections to students and their families. And on Wednesday, The Daily reported that a hearing for the statewide vape ban enacted by Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker is scheduled for November 22nd. On September 24th, Baker declared vaping a public health emergency and banned all vaping products. The ban was quickly met with a series of lawsuits challenging its legitimacy. This was the Rewind from the Tufts Daily. I'm your host, Arlo Moore Bloom. This episode of the Rewind was produced by me, Leslie Gladstone, and John Matson. Our executive producer is Hannah Kahn. If you like this podcast, support The Daily. You can read all of our stories at tuftsdaily.com.